Hey, Daddy, just trying to reach Daddy. Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volumes. Announcement. You are now listening to How That's Garbage Media Production. Podcasting. Champion of the world. It's Happy Hour, your no! favorite podcast. Cheers, ladies and gentlemen. No! Introducing horse. Your hosts, Snake and Trav. The garbage. Happy Hour, we're back. Episode 28. Shout out to the GOAT, Marshall Falk. As my guy back in the day, Trav. During the intro, I noticed the hat, a little full sail action. Still running that puppy, yes, sir. D- yeah, this is this has been through. This is my traveling hat. I feel like this thing's been everywhere at this point, man. I feel like I can rival you. Just wearing this hat today, coincidentally. Do you remember this? Oh hat? wow, wow! I got to that hat just assuming, like I just kind of presumed that'd be one of those hats that you just like wear to a bar. Uh, you know, get yeah, like I don't, shit spilled all over it. Um, yeah, it's got know, like lose it, not really worry about it. It's reminiscent of like uh, when you played like little league all stars baseball, and you your hat would get sweat stains. I used to run in this hat all the time. Sometimes I would be at the lake and I'd be swimming just wearing this hat. So this this has also been through it all. That's yeah. See, that's what I was. I, I guess that's what I was picturing. Uh, maybe a little like lake. Lake action, uh, sort of hat again, tip over the thing, you know, it looks like it floats. I feel like it's, and yeah. Flo- oh, it floats. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Just refuses to die then. Yeah. Essentially. Uh, it, like I said, it's been through it all. I don't know how I would describe it. It almost looks like a water hat of some sort. Like it's real flimsy material, but perfect is, for the yeah. activities I use it for essentially. Yeah. Um, so that this was, is, uh, I don't know if you got me that for my birthday or what, but that might've been a goat gift. Oh, I'm glad like, it's a, this is a, this is pro tier. I think I might've passed this along like years ago. I feel like on this pod or that that's garbage pod. Uh, I would not buy anything that you ever see on Instagram. <laughs> oh, yeah, it might look yeah. cool when it shows up. It's usually just very shitty quality. Like when I first grabbed that hat out of the box, I was like, you have to be kidding me. Probably because of the material threw you off. Yeah. Um, it's like cheap, cheap plastic or something somehow. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe it is water repellent. Maybe, but I th- maybe, I, maybe I'm the idiot in all of this. <laughs> um, the one thing that's almost got me about three different times now is away luggage, which don't you actually have that? They advertised to me on Instagram several times. And I was like, okay. I don't even need new luggage. I kind of want to buy this luggage. I never caved. So, I never got that it. That stuff's, yeah. No, I think it's, I think the Away, it's, it's an A++, A plus plus, yeah. Because you can, it's got the USB in there. You can uh, pop in and out. They do make you pop it out when you fly, which is annoying as hell. But um, What, you can't def- put a battery that, in there? That's an exception. No, yeah, you, uh, you can put a, you uh, when you, you take off, 
you have to take the battery out. Oh, seriously? Yeah. That doesn't even really make sense. The amount of times Unless I've flown you're... on a plane with like a battery bank is maybe I'm doing something illegal. You ever get stopped yeah. by TSA? So I think it's just the battery. Like you can take the battery out of the bag. It just has to be like, I think you can carry it on in a backpack. It just can't be like in the away luggage when it's down below. I think it's the catch. I'm pull not you sure aside. Is that, is that an away bag? Let me get a look at they that do. thing. No, they do. They say, <laughs> is that an away bag? It's like they know. I'm telling you. <laughs> Uh, have have you ever been stopped by TSA for anything like accidental contraband, just, water bottle? Yeah, I seem to get. I'm one of those people that just kind of gets like a little roughed up every time. I think. Uh, yeah, the one time, the last time I got roughed up for a water bottle, there was I don't know, like four ounces of water in there. I just forgot to dump it out. Guy yeah. grabs that in my bag, looks at me, and goes, "The thing's half full, man." And goes and dumps it out like right in front of me, and like <laughs> only a few ounces come out. And I'm just looking at him like, I'm so sorry, man. What's the ruling? He was like trying there? to be all nice to me. I don't have any time for those people. Yeah, if they're having a bad day, it's the worst. The the one time I got stopped that could have really turned into a big thing. Maybe I told you about this. I had a pocket knife, and it was actually on my return flight. It's like a pretty nice knife too. It's like has a screwdriver in it. It was a Leatherman, I think, and. When this, I was like, of course, a little bit hungover on my way home on a Sunday. I was coming back from Florida. And when this guy pulled out the knife and held it up, he did it like his facial expression was absolutely nothing. He just pulls out this knife. He actually opened the blade. I guess he was doing all this to show me why he had to throw it out. Drops it in a trash can and then hands my bag back to me. He didn't say one word. And I started like profusely apologizing. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Obviously, I didn't know that was in in there. I'm actually on my way home. I just started like telling him this. I probably shouldn't have. I was like, I flew here with that in that bag. Like, I didn't know it was in there. So, oh, okay, yeah. Also, kind of alarming that it made the departing flight, and I didn't get stopped. Seems I'm, odd. I'm I'm one of those people when I'm in one of those situations too. I just start sharing more details that would probably get me in more trouble, but I don't <laughs> yeah, really need to. Yeah, he was basically well, just. I, I flew here with that. Yeah. He was being very cool about it. He was basically just like, here's the knife. You you clearly didn't know this was in there. I'm going to throw it out, take your bag, and be on your way. And I engaged in a conversation that I didn't need to, essentially. But yeah, that's that's pretty much the story of my life, if that makes me feel any better. Yeah. Just find myself just, you know, rambling on about things that the person's looking at me like, I, I did not need to know that, you know? <laughs> yeah. Relevance. Uh, relevance. Uh, but I've also been nailed with the water bottle several times as well. That's always always makes you feel dumb. That's a you'll have that. Um, all right, so we've got 84-84 in overtime at this point, Trav. Michigan State, Kansas State. I took my eyes off the I, game. You're kidding me. Michigan State just launched a three and hit it. So it's 87-84, three and oh, a half man. minutes left. That is, that's rough stuff. So you already count out they're going to win. Uh man. I don't know. I don't know. Full disclosure. Full disclosure. I'm in on K State and Jake is in on Michigan State. I got State a little here, bit of so. Michigan State. Um let's just Very talk. Very rarely do we go at it, but we are <laughs> we're officially uh, should have got on the same page here. Our rivals right now. I took all dogs again. Um not money lines, but I just took spreads tonight. Had a feeling I'd get at least two of the four. So for context, this is uh Thursday oh. night of the beginning of the sweet sixteen. 
let's just talk a little March Madness, T-Man. How is the uh, how's the bracket coming along? I feel like that's an obligatory question. Pretty well hammered. Is your champ alive? So yeah, the I got the Final Four alive, which is I don't know. I feel like if I can get to the Sweet Sixteen with the Four alive, I'll be pretty. I mean, that's I'll be amazing. Locked in, I guess. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I somehow also I have that, that a good year. I mean, granted, we both have a team in this game needing to advance, but oh shoot, that's... I don't know if that's ever happened to so me. One of us is about to get our heart broken. Something yeah. tells me it's going to be me. Yeah. I don't think Michigan State's in my championship. I think it's just the Final Four. Anyway, I was going to say, I don't think that's ever happened to me in my life, and you're telling me you and me both have it at the Sweet 16. All four teams so, are alive. Yeah, so the one year, I think it was the only year it was ever scratch. Uh, there might have been a couple of years like since you know we've, we've been around that there was uh, all four one seeds made it, but I believe it was that year. I had all Final Four teams in the Elite Eight, and that was that was exciting. I think that's the only time it's ever happened to me. Uh, two of them won, two of them lost, so I got two out of four. So pretty much. You know, and you think it was the year it was four one maybe seeds a year or something? You so, think it was the four one seed year? You say? I think it was that year. Don't quote yeah, me. Yeah, I want to say I was sure in was... college for that, so probably like twenty fourteen ish. Twenty. I was going to say this is when. The year I believe it was is when Greg Oden was playing. So it was before that. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Maybe even like they played Florida, right? So that was like uh, Joakim Noah and Al Horford and those guys. And Florida won. So that was a long time ago. I was in high school, probably. So Florida won, correct? Didn't they yeah, win they football and basketball that year or something? Or one of those two Over years? Over Ohio they won. State, both times. Yeah. That's bizarre. Yeah. That's why. I actually did pick Alabama to win, but I'd prefer not to see that. Like, I don't think we need Alabama in the mix every single year for football and basketball at this point. That's kind of rough. It might be heading that way. I I think we talked about this a little bit. We needed that coach to get fired back when that (laughs) thing was a scandal that was kind of not a scandal. Or just the Miller guy suspended. Yeah, that would have helped. Yeah, Uh, I think... I think we talked about this a little bit, but it does seem like Alabama's really got a great draw. Uh, they really don't have, you know, a whole lot that, you know, they have left in their like little, you know, in their little quadrant. And then, um, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, easiest, play, easiest path. They're going to play the winner basically of what this game. Yeah, they got San Diego State, which. Is that the least scary team of all time? And then they have to play Creighton or Princeton. So probably and then Creighton. They play, and then they play the winner of basically uh, this game right now, who will be playing the winner of Tennessee and whoever, right? Yeah, Tennessee so, and FAU. Yeah, you're so right. So Alabama could. Rough. They're going to be playing a three seed. Could walk into then, the yeah. championship, yeah. And they've crazy. Looked, they've looked good so far. Like They, they whooped up Maryland. This is Do you great. Ever just, recall like someone just walking through like seems like unscathed. Like yeah, winning by twenty. I assume they're going to beat San Diego State by a considerable amount. I mean, I guess that's the way you start talking when you're you say that, and then that's when they get knocked off. But true, true. I know. I don't know if Villanova was a one seed that year that they won it all. I think you actually picked that. That was the year you picked it perfect. Uh, Villanova over Michigan. 
And I think was Villanova one seed that year because I know they beat everybody by ten plus points, which was pretty impressive. The yeah, I feel like it was a no stuff. sweat. They must have been a one seed. Yeah. Oh, so along the lines of March Madness, uh, gambling records. We haven't done these in a long time. This is a week I would actually like to give out my gambling record. Um, over the past, well, I suppose, f- yeah, first four days of last week taking March Madness games. I went with the all underdog strategy as stated last week. I went 15 and 33. So that is a little less than one third of my bets hitting. However, I was up 14.4 units. Thanks to a few heavy hitters. Uh, Heavy hitters included Furman over Virginia plus 205. Princeton over Arizona plus 890. Ooh, Farley Dickinson over Purdue plus 2000 Ooh, Pr- Princeton again over Mizzou plus uh, two and a quarter. Also noteworthy FDU with another near hit in that second round game. I think they're plus 800 against uh, was it FAU they played almost got them again. FAU. So you went one unit on every game. Yeah, one unit on every game. I, I gotta write that down. I'm never gonna do a bracket again. I'm just gonna do that. That sounds yeah, it was way fun. more fun. I was to just me. rooting for every underdog. It was simple. I knew who I had in every single game. I didn't need to check any brackets. Just took the underdog. Uh, there was a couple weird times where the seeds were actually the higher seed was um, an underdog. Underdog, which was yeah. interesting, but um, like the FDU over Purdue thing was the coolest thing ever. It's like. Let me check the odds on that again. Like, what was it? Oh, 20 to 1. 20 to 1. Wow. Good for you, man. 14 units. That's a nice, that's a nice day. I had a, I was up like, or I was down uh half a dozen units or so. <laughs> Threw together a parlay <laughs> on uh Sunday, three-leg parlay. I I've like almost forbade the parlay after what happened to us this year. But I was like, ah, oh, what the heck? I've lost enough. Do three legs together to win my six units back. <laughs> Nailed it. It hit. It hit, baby. Wow. Back to even. So wow, you're gonna turn Free back to the parlays? No, no, no. I, in no, and out. Okay. Absolutely not. No, no, in and out. Yeah, I have a buddy here who's he's pretty recent into sports gambling, and anytime he shares his bets, it's just three, four leg parlays. And I'm like, oh, you'll get it someday. Like, I'm sure you're having you plenty of fun. You've probably hit you a didn't couple. You have of the heart them. to tell him. Yeah, you didn't no, have I've the told him. To tell him. I've told him hit. several times. I was like. You're just slowly working your way down. Yep. Those, I know you got three out of four legs, right? Three times in a row. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're not as close you. as you think you are. <laughs> anyway, who do we like as far as, uh, as far as dogs that actually have a chance in this thing? T man. I have one queued. Something tells me you also have them queued. Uh, uh oh, okay. You're probably going to like UCLA. At like nine or ten to one, no, I I do like UCLA. Uh, do we have like an active odds? Um, I think they're like what second or third best odds. Yeah, um, fourth. I, I got somebody a little little bit lower down, maybe fourth or fifth best odds. Um, we, me and you, both got to lay eyes on them. Both got delays. Oh, Texas! You like the Longhorns? Yes. yes. Yeah, I like the horns. Thought they looked pretty good. Good I athletes. Like didn't even feel like they didn't even play that good against Penn State, but yeah, I just thought they have. They have a lot of athletes. 
the one guy scoring all the points. Oh man, I could pick it out of like a multiple choice, uh, but uh, guy can score some points. He's he's real tall, lanky, great athlete. Like you said, maybe should be playing football. Um, oh okay, so, uh, yeah. I I jumped in on them. You're talking about the, I think he was like number one or something. The he was playing in the paint the whole time. His name might be Desu Desu. Yeah, scored twenty eight. Yeah, yeah. I'm blanking on his first name, but I thought it was an alliteration. Yeah, he's number one. Uh, His name is Dylan. He is number one, and that guy single handedly murdered Penn State down the stretch. That was tough. I think he must have scored about thirty points, didn't he? Twenty eight, but. It felt like he scored 14 or 16 points in the last, I don't know, eight minutes. Yeah, it did feel like that. Um, wasn't it kind of wild? Uh, we didn't, I guess we really haven't got a chance to talk about it, but the the game itself was pretty fun to watch. They seemed like they were out of it like the whole time. Then they came back and took the lead, uh, the Nittany Lions. But the wildest part to me was like with like a minute left, they clearly had no answer for the tall guy, whatever his name is, Jisu. They had no tall. They had no answer for him. Yeah, uh, for his height the whole time. And then with like seemed like a minute or two left, some tall guy from Penn State just was randomly on the floor and drove in and looked super athletic and laid the ball in. <laughs> I was like, whoa, where was that guy the whole game? <laughs> yeah, I think it's what you said. Uh, the first thing you said about Texas didn't play that well. They didn't even shoot the ball that well. It felt like they were just bricking threes. And every time they'd miss, I'd be like, wow, they're they're letting us hang around in this game. It's also just awesome to not watch basketball all the year and then just bitch and complain at the Penn State guys. Like, I, I didn't know half their names, but I was, like, getting pissed at some of them. Yeah, like, no doubt. The, the back, like, the back oh, you picked thing. up your dribble, man? Like, Oh, the backcourt back, thing? Yeah. <laughs> backcourt thing, that was just inexcusable. Why would he be jumping back there? What What was the... What was the maneuver there? That was a big time turnover. Yeah. Serious momentum swing. What was the advantage of getting back there? Um, yeah, I would say he, he, he acted like he was intercepting that pass. Like it was a curl route and he was playing corner. Like he really worked himself back to the ball there. I don't know. That was wild. Oh, K state in front, man. I'd love to get this game on, uh, K state 94, 93, 38 seconds left and K-State has ball. Do you want me to just announce the game-winning call to you here when Michigan State steals it, sprints down the floor? No, no, no need to. I'm actually not interested anymore. Deep, I got UConn. I got deep UConn here with the ball. Three. I don't know what just happened. Kansas State just took like a 40-foot three air ball out of bounds. Michigan State's ball with uh, 17 seconds left. Down one. Man, these guys are oh, really. They gotta get it back to the this sh- one guy's a fucking shooter. Wow, I thought oh the way God. Penn State lost was frustrating. That had some serious implications. That last shot, right? What was the line? It was Holy like one fuck. and a half. Oh, I thought it was three and a half. Yesterday it was Michigan State was favored minus one thirty five. So yeah, that line must have been. One or one and a half. It wasn't three and a half because that would have been something if that fucking mattered there. Yeah. But the way they time turned rough one. I don't even know if anyone attempted to shoot right there. It's like he was like losing his grip on the ball and it just got tossed. There was around. still a lot of time too, actually. Yeah, probably six seconds. I mean, enough, 
enough time for that guy to get the ball and dribble all the way down <laughs> yeah. and lay it in, I guess. So, yeah. yeah. Anyways. Good run. <laughs> what were we discussing even? Uh, check it in on uh, – I was checking it on the men's uh, basketball. Uh, yeah, we were in the uh, midst. Yeah, Penn State's men's, ba- men's basketball team for the first time <laughs> this season. Yeah. Uh, so I checked in. They gave it a hell of a run. It seemed like they're a new team. They're inspired. And then they lost the coach immediately. So I'm going to go ahead and check back out. I don't know yeah, about that's, you. That's rough. That's rough. They uh, struck gold and I don't know. Was he there really for one or two years? He was there for two years. Two. So, okay. I mean, he when he showed up, the, they just pretty much had scraps and he turned them <laughs> around in two years. And I just ultimately it comes to me, it comes back to how they gave like Pat Chambers like 10 years to, to write this ship. Yeah, but I think what you're missing is Pat Chambers had a lot of connections in Philly. <laughs> I can't. The amount of people that told me, like, dude, this guy has connections in Philly. He's going to recruit really well. It's like, okay. That'd be yeah, like. He he finally did. It, to his defense, it, just took <laughs> did him, he? it took him 10 years. <laughs> yeah, he got. Uh, I think it was. I think Josh Reeves was from Philly. And then uh, Lamar Stevens uh, was from Philly. And then. Uh, Geez, they had another uh I'm blanking on the other guy, but I think they had three guys from Philly that were pretty pretty legit. Okay. Just needed a couple of them at the same time, maybe. Which is I think uh Rasir Bolton might have been from Philly. Don't quote me on this. He plays for Gonzaga. Um, so he's playing tonight. Yeah. He, he's a Penn State transfer, so Yeah, but I mean that guy got plenty of leash. I don't know what he's up to today, do you, Pat Chambers? I think I saw he's military or something. No, I think I saw he's like a, I don't know. He's in some like, you know, kind of side role for some team. They'll just ease him back in. Hopefully people forget about the racist comments at some point, you know, and just, uh, he'll just be back at it. That whole thing was a weird fallout, weird conclusion to his coaching career. And a lot of, a lot of the guys are on his side. So I don't know. I guess we'll never know. Yeah. Um, It was pretty much like, we're not going to tell you what happened, but something happened. Or we're only going to allude to the fact that something happened, but also this might be performance, uh, and all the players are really mad. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's very right. strange. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I got him at. I got, is... actually got him at FGC, Florida Gulf Coast. Okay, yeah. I was going to say uh, there's some sort of connection there. He's not the head coach, is he? Yeah, he actually is. He's the head coach. He is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, holy cow. Okay. Just this um, year, it looks like, because okay. he was assistant at LaSalle for a year or two before this. Yeah. I think what happens is, you know, the problem with Penn state, I think is uh, they kind of put themselves in a little bit of a hole uh, by ignoring a uh, pedophile for a period of time. So any, you know, unfortunately you get anything kind of, you know, possibly uh PC, you, you just, you Oh know, yeah. The kinda, P- like the PR team has to, to be sensitive. Yeah. 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 Uh, oversensitive maybe even so. Yep. Um, yeah, is what it is. I, I'm going to bow back out. I'll check in in a year or two in Penn State. <laughs> it might be, it might be a while. Um, I think Stu man said it best in the chat, uh, that we had after, you know, after our pod last week, um, he said, uh, it's fun when Penn state basketball is good. And you know, that was the first time in like a long time. They were good. And now it's over. Yeah. Feels like it's that over. was fun for like three weeks. I got in yeah. late. I feel like I purchased the stock like 
at its peak almost, but um, it was very fun for those three weeks. All right, uh, tourney odds. So you like Texas ten to one. Um, even with that win, the odds updated. I'm looking at Fanduel. Kansas State sixteen to one. Again, I guess they have to get through Alabama. So um, maybe your best bet is just we cracked the code earlier. Take Alabama plus three thirty. They'll be there, and then you can hedge They'll out. They'll be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I, I think we had this talk about Georgia back in the fall, right? I was yeah, like, you told me just, what to do. Just I take didn't them do at, it. Yeah, take them at minus one thirty now, because by the time they get to the championship game, they're not going to be minus one thirty. I promise you that. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of years in a row where I was putting either fifty or a hundred dollars on a Georgia future at the beginning of the year, and it was always like twelve to one, ten to one, eight to one. And I feel like I did that every year up until when they won. And then, um, so I didn't do <laughs> it the year they sense. won. Boycotted it. And sense. I didn't do it this past year as well. So I guess that was the last two years. Yeah. I got out at the exact wrong time. There is a phenomenon. There's got to be some sort of phenomenon. I I don't know what that is, but it does feel like, like the first time that you uh, take a weekend off betting um, your your one golfer buddy there, uh, Brendan Todd, like he will win. Right. Yeah. If I don't put two bucks on Brendan Todd, he wins the tourney that weekend at 200 to one. Yeah, definitely. That's how that works. It's yeah, not really explainable. That's a good call. Um, I also, for the record, I don't hate Gonzaga at 10 to one. You got the Timmy guy who's still somehow there. Uh, A lot of veteran leadership. So, Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. I I did see him in person. Uh, The general consensus amongst myself and the buddies was not impressed overall. With his play? Uh, Timmy's Timmy's play specifically and overall. Yeah, I I thought the Timmy guy would be dominant, and they were playing Grand Canyon University, and he kind of blended in with everyone else besides (laughs) the mustache. Okay. He's pretty big, isn't he? Or no? He didn't look like he's it. Big. He's big. Yeah. He's one of those guys you look at and you're like, man, I, I still remember the first time I uh, went to a tourney game back in high school and I saw Aaron Gray in person uh, playing for Pitt at the time, like seven feet tall. And the first time, you know, you really see someone that's like seven feet tall like that, just like somehow, you know, eight inches taller than everyone else. It's like, man, this is nuts. I, I can't imagine just barely jumping up and touching the rim, you know? Yeah, I like seeing those guys um, in, like, the grocery store or something. You know, like, what? Like, this guy's six foot ten and he's not in the NBA. Like, where did he go wrong? Well, how about the guy that was at your bachelor party? Whoa, how tall was that man? Oh, my God. The greatest picture of all time? The guy you're standing next to? Yeah, yeah he was that, probably pushing seven foot, wasn't he? And, he I don't know, 450 pounds? 450, and I... I think it, someone just said, how tall are you? And he said, I'm whatever. And then he actually gave us his, he gave us a weight too. He must've just <laughs> thought that was like standard. And he said, I'm 450, but I lost like 120 pounds. Didn't he say something like oh that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's coming back to me. He was You're definitely himself. right. He gave, it was like, how tall are you? And then he gave out height and weight. Height and weight. Pretty standard, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think that was like a, I think that was like a, one of those weird, uh, like people would call into the Dan Patrick show, and that was one of the weird things that he had going is people is would actually a, just give their. Is that show still going? Because I think they do that still. 
as of three yeah, years uh, ago, when I heard that show, he was doing that. Yeah. So, anyways, maybe we should make all our guests, uh, you know, jump in on a scale, uh, jump on the scale real quick. You know and, what? Uh, I'm going to take it a step further. Give us an unofficial height. Maybe I'm making this up. I think he was going height, weight, and max bench. Was he not? No, no, no. no. Grandy Man used to listen to DP quite a bit, and he would play this one clip all the time where this guy says, he starts off, he's like, I can't even remember what the point of the clip is, but he starts off, he says, six foot sloppy 180. Sloppy 180? And he, yeah, and then he makes like a, just some sort of outrageous claim that uh, Grandy Man still can't get over years later, but. I'll have to check in with him on that. Oh, okay, I know where that's going. He did not go max bench, though. I don't think he did, anyways. He could have. He could have. <laughs> Come on, let's be real. All right. Um, all right, let's get off. Let's, let's get off college basketball. What do, what do your, you... Real quickly, what's your max bench right now? Life on the line. I like thinking about this stuff. Or like how fast I can run a 400. If I had to, <laughs> if I had to put up a rep on the bench right now, I probably wouldn't want more than just like a single 45 plate on each side. <laughs> same, same. Yeah, I I did like 10 pull-ups a couple weeks ago, and I still have some pains in my forearms. Um, and it wasn't like 10 consecutive. It was like five. Like arms <laughs> felt like they were shot, waited a couple minutes, and then did five more. And I still, something's definitely still wrong with my wrists from that. Dude, that is hilarious. There's a guy, I saw this one, video on like facebook or something do you know who that cam haynes guy is he runs ultra marathons um he also like hunts he's buddies with joe rogan yeah 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 he's joe rogan's buddy the only reason i know of him i've heard you talk about him yeah yeah there's a like a hilarious hunting video of him and joe rogan shooting a deer i can't remember who shoots it and they just sound like they're just getting their jollies off shots I've ever seen, dude. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, practice. Dude, practice is so important. I love this man. Right I love here. this man. Oh, <laughs> How fun was that? Woo, that was amazing. Intense. <sighs> 67 yards. Bro. Oh. 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 Dude, that's a stud. That's a stud. Oh, oh my god. god, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. So happy dude. to be able to do it with you, man. That means the world to me. Anyway, um, that guy's kid cam haynes's kid was doing this like pull-up thing i'm probably gonna make this up i want to say he did pull-ups for like 18 or 24 hours like he would just go up there and do like 60 and then he would get off the bar for like a couple minutes and he would go do 60 more he was breaking some sort of record maybe we should just sound that doesn't sound very fun with a travia i might be able to look this up right now let me give most you pull ups, most pull ups in a 24 hour. I think period. it was probably that. Yeah. I couldn't even, I can't even like it is. It's 24 it's, hours. 
Okay. And he this broke like, he broke David Goggins pull up record. David Goggins. All right. That's my buddy's um that's my buddy's like hero, David Goggins. He's also, got a book or, also runs uh, a shit ton, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He's just high on life. Yeah. Um so one day t- I aspire to be like that. Uh, just just high on life, like about everything. He's I'm a gonna little, set the pull up record. I'm gonna run an ultra marathon. He's a little too road. intense for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, probably. Um, I still have to read the book, I guess. I don't even know. I literally know nothing about the guy, but yeah, neither do I. So 24 um, hours, 24 hours. Yeah. This is like me sitting down at an, my dream job. And they say to me, um, how many buildings are there in New York or whatever that was, or how many windows are there in New York? Like, <laughs> yeah. You have to like make some sort of analytical thing. Um, me right now, I honestly, I couldn't, I don't even know if I could get within a hundred thousand of the answer. I mean, I guess he's got to have done less than a hundred thousand. I mean, okay. So let's just say he averages. This is like the windows thing because you need to figure out how many seconds are in a 24 hour window to start with to even get yourself in a ballpark. Right. Can I just, can I use a calculator? I mean, we're talking what? 24. So 24 times times 60 times 60. There's 86,000 and change seconds, 86,000 seconds. Okay. So he, there's no way he did more than that. I mean, I can't imagine he's doing one every other second. (laughs) Let's say he does, let's say across the court, across the course of the day, he does one every 10 seconds. Like, because I got to think he's, I got to think he's sleeping, going to the bathroom, doing other things. So one out of every 10 seconds would be 8,600 pull-ups roughly. Okay. Right, but I'm gonna say he does maybe just a smidge more than that. I'll say, I'll say twelve grand, twelve thousand. Okay, he did a third of that. He did forty one hundred pull ups. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I have a goal now. <laughs> yeah, that's a twenty twenty one article. I don't know if that's still standing, but looks like I guess it is. I need to. You're picture. You're making it seem like this guy's banging out sixty effortlessly and then just jumping back on. I feel like he was. Okay. I mean, I guess he did 4,000. That's a world record. So that must be pretty good. Yeah. We'll have to check the footage on that again, but I I need details on whether he's napping or I don't think he could. I think he would just be like sipping coffee, maybe like energy bars, Red Bull, piss jug, Red Bulls and piss jugs was probably my favorite ever like world record guest on the old pod because it was so wildly wrong. I think it was yeah, uh ping pong I, volley. Do we want to guess yeah. at it again? Ping pong volley. Yeah. I think the answer was like, the answer was like six or eight hours. I and agree. I said it was, I was more than 24. I was going to say six and you had them. Yeah. You had them like a day and a half, 36 hour pissing. I think I jugs. Said, yeah. 28 or 30 some hours. I had them. Um, you're going to, you're going to recall that. You're going to pull that one up too. Yeah. It's, Hmm. Is it only two hours? Is that possible? No, here it is. Eight hours and 40 minutes. Yeah. See, I feel like kind of disappointing. That down. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> oh, that would be so boring though. And it just takes one miss hit. <laughs> a full work day of a consecutive <laughs> <laughs> ping pong rally. That's crazy. But it yeah, sucks it, it if you get to like six and a half and you mess it up, you have to start all over. That'd be so painful. Yeah. That'd be the part that would really hurt. Yeah. The eight hour window itself is fine. It'd just be like all the two, three, four hour chunks leading up to it. No doubt. 
Um, all right. Anyway, back on track. Let's just rattle through some segments today, Trav. Where do you want to um, start? I I actually need to go. Uh, new segment here called Game Balls. I'm just going to give out a game ball from the last episode. I actually have two. Uh, one is for one is for Stu, just for being Stu, and then. Uh, the second gay ball is for you, and that is for editing a three-hour podcast down to 90 minutes. That was an unbelievable effort. It also it took way less time to edit than I thought it was going to because we would we were seriously doing like 20-minute chunks where I was like, oh, we weren't talking about anything to do with anything in the last 20 minutes. I can just clip that whole part out. So it actually wasn't that hard to cut. It was... I was kind of fascinated as I was listening back through it. Yeah. I actually, actually pulled it up and like, uh, listened to it a few times. Like even last night I was listening to it in bed, uh, while my significant other was sleeping, just trying not to laugh. I was just like, I had tears in my eyes. It's just so funny. Stu recapping, uh, 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 the one neighbor there was just like, that was, that was incredible. It felt like, yeah, it was like a part of my life. I feel like I only got a glimpse of, and I finally got the whole thing. That was, that was pretty awesome. Um, he was also yeah. doing that while, I don't know, filling up his glass with gin and tonic every five minutes. Unbelievable minutes. effort. I meant <laughs> yeah. to throw that in on the game ball, on the game ball speech. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many beverages he had <laughs> when I first jumped on. It seemed like he had had quite a few by the time he, by the time we were done, I mean, even just <laughs> listening to the audio, uh, you could just hear him filling filling himself up. A couple of times you can hear him just you could hear him almost just like a ah, like he just <laughs> took another big swig sort of thing. It's really funny. Oh man. Uh yeah, shout out to shout out to Stu as well on that. Uh uh he was like on a he was basically doing like a power hour sort of pace of uh gin and tonics during the pod. That was yeah, incredible. that was awesome. Well, it was that was Thursday night party boys, so that's just kind of how we roll on this pod. Um, I am actually, so game balls, I don't think that one's going to stick as a, <laughs> I don't think that one's going to stick as, as a segment. As but. long as it doesn't have to pertain to last episode, if I can just give out a game ball to anyone. Uh, okay. Uh, uh we'll, we'll game ball we'll of the con- week. We'll contemplate, we'll <laughs> contemplate it. Um, this one actually has to be a segment. I think this is, this, this segment is called worlds colliding. And this is just when, you know, I don't know, one of your buddies from my, my example is going to be when like. One of my friends from Penn State that I knew since like freshman year and I were at a bar and we ran into another friend that I had from like a completely different situation. And then they high fived each other because they knew each other as well. That's a and good was, feeling. Yeah. 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 And I think one, I think it was Ben Zoke and somebody else, but don't quote me on that. Anyways, um, worlds colliding. I was listening to the fan yesterday. Haven't listened to it like weeks and weeks and weeks, but this is how life works. I turn it on and they're just talking about, I don't know, whatever, Russell Wilson pretty much all the time. <laughs> And then they do a little segment where they run through articles that fan uh, authors, you know, like the the, the beat writers. Um, sure, these are, are these are like, staff of the fan, like right contributors. Right. So okay, cor- correct. Like uh, you know, so basically they'll kind of touch on, oh, this is what so and so is writing about. So <laughs> no joke, they say uh, Cecil Lammy wrote an article. Um, talking about how Davis Webb is the Broncos new quarterback coach and the Broncos used one of their three zoom meetings on Sean Clifford to interview him. Okay. I did see this. I kind of skimmed over it. I didn't even look into it really. Well, I got you brother. So they kind of talked about it a little bit and, uh, 
broke down his game a little bit. And I actually went to the article to, because this was like one of those times in your life where it's like, I watched this guy for six years. I'm getting an unbiased take from him, from someone that I don't know, like personally, but I like know this guy is like a self-appointed draft expert. You know, he covers the Broncos, whatever. I guess he's been doing it for like 15 years. Yeah. Um, so whatever. I, I, I'm interested to hear what this guy sit, uh, what this guy has to say. And it's just like, uh, some, some of this is excellent, uh, excellent content. So the one quote is, uh, from Cecil Lammy. I like the way he keeps his feet upon contact. Clifford can change direction without losing much speed. And I actually laughed out loud when I read that, but <laughs> moving on, uh, he's tough as nails. Uh, they showed the clip of him getting uh, fucked up against Auburn. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. And then he gets into the cons and the pros is like, I don't know, a few sentences. The cons is really long. And uh, basically, he's, he says he's uh, he's like a bird dogger, which basically means he stares down his receivers. Have you ever heard that? <laughs> no, but I like that. Yeah, bird dog. Yeah. Um, poor footwork. Uh, screen passes and inflated his passing percentage. Uh, he's unlikely to be drafted. I'm not sure if his best spot in the NFL is behind center. If he's open to a position switch, and he should be, I could see Sean Payton trying to see if he could be a gadget player, i.e. Taysom Hill, who just happens to have uh, quote-unquote QB or maybe someday quote-unquote tight end next to his name. And my question for you is I watched this guy for six years, like I just mentioned. I don't think I ever got a Taysom Hill vibe. What about I you? Was okay, so obviously great minds think alike here. When you started speaking that sentence, I went through every single position on the football field in my brain, and I thought, which one? I couldn't wait to hear which one he was going to plug him into because there is no other position that makes sense for that man. He can't run. He can't stay on his feet. I, I can't imagine him like creating separation at tight end. Can you imagine him running a kickoff back? <laughs> yeah, I can't picture him in the open field with the ball whatsoever. Chasing somebody down and tackling them. I what? I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure really what happened. Uh, it was just kind of wild. I just honestly kind of a wild thought review, it was going but... to say running back, and I was like, I don't think he could play running back. Yeah, that. So wild why take. would if that is their review of this man? That's Davis Webb's review. No, sorry. So Davis Webb interviewed. You get thirty interviews. Uh, each NFL team gets 30 interviews, and then now you get three one-hour Zoom calls. They used one of their one-hour Zoom calls on Sean Clifford. Uh, oh, also okay. worth noting. So also worth noting the entire time, Stink and his co-host Mike Evans kept referring to him as uh, Steve Clifford, which made it even <laughs> ten times funnier. It's funny. Okay, so this is just—it's not like you saw this on an article. This is the radio. You were listening to FM radio, the fan, and they were discussing this. Sorry, so. That's the world. They were colliding. discussing. They were discussing the article. They were discussing the article. So I was listening to their take on it. They were like Penn State QB, Rose Bowl champion, uh, five year starter, whatever, all, all that. Okay. And then I took the extra step and actually pulled up the article because I was like, I have to, I have to read these draft grades. Um, so yeah. Anyways, uh, anyways, got it. Worlds colli worlds colliding there. First time I listened to the fan in like weeks, and they're reviewing Sean Clifford. It was, <laughs> That's it was pretty wild. Yeah, I'm, and so. I'm having a really hard time with the you only get three, Steve Clifford. Sorry, Steve Clifford. You only get three Zoom calls, and they used one on him. I'm having a hard time with that. 
Well, I think that's why the guy was trying to rationalize it. And I think that's what he came up with. He was like, could this guy be my next Taysom Hill? Or could this be Sean Payton's next uh, Taysom Hill? Jesus. If anybody's thinking that, we should just... If that's what Sean Payton's thinking, somebody needs to stop him. Yeah. We're, worth noting, this this Cecil Lammy who wrote the article, I like did a deep dive on him as well. This man was a machinist in a small town outside of Denver called into stinks show. It was a fantasy football show and stink. Let him talk for about 30 minutes because he just went on and on and on. And then he just emailed him after the show. And he was just like, Hey stink. What if I go on your show? What if you have me on your show? I don't, I don't even want to be paid. I just want to be on your show. And stink said, sure. That's how we got into it. That's how we got into sports writing. He was unpaid for four years. He did that. All because he could fill like 30 minutes of rambling on the radio. Yes. Just because he called into that show and stink liked him and just let him talk for like 30 minutes. Wow. Fantasy football too. Like my least favorite thing ever. So that was like 2002. I think he said. So anyways, I might just start calling into stink show now and see what I can see what I can do. But yeah, seriously, who the, who the hell is stink? And don't say it's Mark Schlereth. (laughs) Yeah, it's Mark Schlereth. You didn't know that? (laughs) No. I thought we were going to get out of that whole segment. I thought we were going to get out of that whole segment without saying Mark Schlereth. No, stink is Mark Schlereth. I started to suspect that at the end. Oh man. Yeah. I think it's because he pissed himself. That would make sense. And letting yeah. someone ramble on the radio and then hiring them for 30 minutes. I was like, hold on. Is this Mark Schlereth? <laughs> no, no. He hired them for four years at no cost. That was actually ingenious. So he was, so like you said, butt buddy. <laughs> this is my butt buddy. He works for free. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. And then, yeah, no, he's yeah. nobody That's stink works. Nobody watches more tape than stink. No, no. <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's <laughs> tremendous. Uh, if we're just giving out, yeah, that's so, yeah, that's the that's the debut of my uh, worlds or worlds colliding. Yeah, segments. if we're giving out new segments, else. yeah, I'll throw yeah. a new segment out. Uh, I had my first ever old man thought. So, I've joined the thirty club. Maybe this will start happening to me more often. I was actually driving somewhere, and I noticed this. I think it was like a Subaru. It looked like a mom vehicle, just absolutely bombing down a hill coming perpendicular on my left as I was approaching an intersection. And it's important to note that the lane I was traveling in did not have stop signs and the two perpendicular roads leading to it had stop signs. So the Subaru is bombing towards this intersection, has a stop sign. I could tell by the rate they were traveling, they weren't going to stop. Um, so, as I said, he's on my left. He comes into the intersection. He does not stop. He turns. He actually turns right. I can't confirm whether he used a signal. It wouldn't have mattered. Um, kind of turns right, but he's traveling so fast, kind of comes into my lane um, and then drives past me. And as he drives past me, I get a look at this person. And sure enough, it's like a younger kid. And my first thought, my first old man thought was, man, somebody needs to tell that guy's mom or dad he's driving too fast. (laughs) And then I actually had, this is a real thought process I had. I was like, 
Well, I have this dash tail cam. Em. No. <laughs> so yeah, you could in theory tail him, but the way this guy's moving, I probably would have never caught him. My initial thought was I have this dash cam. In theory, I could I could download the video off it, see what his license plate was, like post it to Facebook and say whose kid is this? <laughs> oh, come on. Oh god. And it was it wasn't until that moment in time that I was like, wow, that's a very like old 50 year old angry guy thought i don't know that's like but that's bordering on like a karen or something that yeah that's what i mean it's a karen thought yeah yeah i mean that's that's not even just like old man got off my lawn that's like you know if you yelled at him or honked at him and said hey you gotta slow down but no you were actually gonna post it on facebook i was that was where i went my brain went i was like how could i ever get in contact with whoever that was to save him from killing somebody. And that was the only way I could think to do it. Obviously, I never even... The thought lasted about three seconds total. Never looked back at the dash cam. Didn't give a shit after I was like half a mile down the road. But there was a lapse in judgment there. Old man thought. Old man thought. Okay, cool. I I like that one. Um, I think I have half a dozen of those every day. So I should be able to contribute to those. Yeah, all right. I I might actually write... I'm going to write that one down. (laughs) Write that one down. Um. And as you're writing that down, I say we go into hot takes because we typically like to stash life's greatest mysteries for the end. So we'll go hot takes and then life's greatest mysteries. I can kick us off. That sounds perfect. I can go first hot take. Oh, you're going Cam Newton. Yeah. I want to break down Cam Newton. I don't think it'd do us justice to not go Cam Newton audio. How these randoms keep getting jobs. Don't worry about it. I'm going to say, I can't wait to say it. Oh, I love it. I love it. All right, so we mostly just have some some musical audio here. I think he comes back in. Calling the idea and it's official. I will be throwing at Auburn's Pro Day Tuesday. What it What it Ain't 32 months better than me, you did. One of the worst videos you'll ever see. Cam Newton announcing that he's going to try out at his what would you call that um like the alma mater alma maters i wouldn't call it that out do you think he got a degree oh yeah he's not he's probably not an alumni or an i guess that's not his alma mater anyway alumnus yeah um announcing that he's going to try out doing the same old song and dance there's not 32 guys better than me kind of playing the hits again even watching that video again i will say I'm fairly impressed with who's ever catching passes. I don't know who that is. I don't I know. I thought if... that was wild too. The the guy looked the receiver looked good. Yeah, he looks good. That might be an Auburn kid that's actually attending that pro day. That would maybe make some sense. I don't know. Anyway, it's a video of Cam Newton throwing half ass passes. Uh nothing special. Cam Newton thinks he's one of the top thirty two quarterbacks left in the league. The only way I could compare this is it's kind of similar to the logic I used to use when I was probably 12 or 13 playing Madden, and I would sign 
Seneca Wallace to like a team in in Madden. And I would think, well, that guy's athletic. He has a pretty strong arm. He's got to be like a starting quarterback for one of these teams. Like, how is he not? Looking back on it, like 12-year-old me comparing Seneca Wallace to Cam Newton, it's kind of the same deal, except Cam Newton is probably 10 times more expensive than Seneca Wallace. Cam Newton's probably been hurt and shorted two or three of his seasons at this point. He's a self-absorbed douchebag. Um, The last game he played in, he went 5 of 21 for 92 yards, two picks. I think Cam Newton's pretty delusional. Cam Newton pretending he's a starting quarterback in the NFL because he was good in 2015 would be like you or I comparing ourselves today to our college selves thinking like I could have 20 beers on Friday night and then 30 more on Saturday and I could I could do that right now it's a delusional way of thinking to just associate his performance when he was good eight years ago with his ability now and just say I'm top 32 Right. Um, I think if we played like a pickup basketball game, I'd definitely want him on my team sort of thing. Probably still in great shape, great athlete. I don't think anyone's ever questioned that. I feel like uh, Cam's biggest problem his whole career has just been Cam. Uh, yeah, it's it's this video. It's this. It's his attitude. It's the, ri- it's the writing that's like, I don't know, somewhat hieroglyphic. Um, he just, yeah, he's just... He's just odd. It's just uh, the way he backs up in that video and is like flapping his hands or his arms is it's maybe the most brutal thing ever. Uh, <laughs> that's the worst. What, what is that? That's what, the worst that? five seconds of video ever. Randoms keep getting jobs. I think he's warming up his <laughs> like his shoulders. Oh, oh, maybe he is. I, I, I did know, see. Tell me how these randoms keep getting jobs. I got a kick out of. I saw Shannon Sharp on that show with uh, Skip, Bayless. Skip Bayless, and Shannon Sharp goes, "Who's going to tell Cam that he is one of the randoms at this point?" He's <laughs> <laughs> like, "Cam oh, Newton boy. is one of the randoms." Oh man, um, yeah, so I, I'm out. On I, Cam, I'm I'm incredibly done with Cam Newton. I think I don't want to see think, Cam Newton signed anymore. I don't need (laughs) to pretend that Cam Newton's still a starting quarterback. I'm just going to pray this thing flames out. I mean, otherwise, how much sense does it make for any of these teams in the NFL to even sign Cam Newton today? I think, I think you had this guy like penciled in. It must've been like 2013. You sent me an article that somebody wrote about Cam Newton and kind of some of his like psychopathic tendencies, like how, when he would get tackled, he would just lay on the ground for like an extended period of time before he would get up. And you were like, something's just wrong with this guy. Yeah. I mean, that was 12 years ago. We're still, you know, 10 years ago, I guess we're, we're still just, we're still debating whether this guy's a psycho or not. (laughs) I I think, I I think the case was solved a while ago. Um, Uncanny ability to find the camera and smile at it. Just, yeah, he has some special tendencies. They just don't really relate to football. No, um, and I, crew. I, I think the biggest thing with him too, is he probably, maybe he actually could be a, a backup. So if you want to, if you want to throw his name into the, you know, one of, uh, what is that? 96. I mean, maybe, maybe it could be a third string. Um, I don't think he's one of 32. That's the other issue here is Cam Newton's not going to 
be like a second or third string quarterback on a team. Cam Newton's wants to be the number one guy. I can only yeah, assume. I, th- I assume he wants to I make think... $10 million a year sort of territory. Like, yeah. What team is going to have room for that anyway? I'm not sure. Uh, maybe he's, maybe we'll see Cam in the XFL at some point. <laughs> that, that'd be nice. I actually, I did look through the starting projected starting quarterbacks for teams next year. I came up with one, one team that might actually in a perfect world might swap their quarterback for Cam Newton. It was stinks Denver Broncos. <laughs> oh, wow. If you could get rid of um, Russell Wilson and unload like that contract somewhere else and plug in Cam Newton, maybe that Jared would be a move. Stidham, Steve Clifford. That'd be quite the triumvirate <laughs> there of QBs. <laughs> that that's my Cam Newton rant. Yeah, I, I have a kind of a equal. Um, I share your thoughts, I guess, with uh, Rick Patino here. Uh, so I think I texted you about this yesterday. Um, Actually, I don't know where you're I, going with Rick Patino here. I need, here. I need, I I need don't to know just get this. There's a few different angles you could take this. Um, I just, just give me the background here. Who who did Rick Pitino just get hired to work for? So he was Iona's coach, which Stu man was and, telling us about. Yeah, right, right. And then he just got hired by St. John's, which is a school in uh, New York city in general. You know, I just think there's certain markets where ESPN and some of the bigger sports networks and such, they kind of gravitate towards. So anything New York related, seem to be all, you know, they seem to be all over anything like going Rick Pitino is one of those people where it just seems like the media has loved this guy. Like ever since I, you know, figured out who he was, uh, no matter what he does. And I just feel like this guy is like the biggest scumbag on, on earth. Um, you didn't dig back into that court case, did you? Well, he's like a little bit, a little bit. I guess what got me going the most is some of his, quotes just from his introductory press conference him talking about how basically he was like yeah just like a lot of these guys aren't going to be here next year sort of thing so Deion sanders style yeah kind of um some of his quotes were basically like he didn't really he didn't really deserve to like have to work his way back into where he's at and kind of like along the lines of how how lucky saint john's is to have and I'm just thinking like this like scumbag is like taking care of like in charge of like guiding all this youth and like, yeah, this guy is the guy, I mean, kind of touching on the extortion case briefly. This is the guy that basically rationalizes cheating on his wife because it only lasted 15 seconds in a, in a bathroom stall. Oh, right. That was the quote that came out from court, right? He basically like testified to that. Yeah. Uh, He's like, he has stuff like who's going to, who's going to hire a 70 year old, no matter how much I think I'm Peter Pan, who's going to hire a 70 year old. I just think this guy thinks like pretty highly of himself in general. <laughs> yeah. And he is, so he is 70. He's talking about himself. Rick Pitino, 70 years old. Uh, if you had to make like a odds on, like if, if there was a, a line for what happens to Rick Pitino ne- next, I was curious what you would like, what you would pick as far as. What happens with him next at St. John's? Does he get fired? Retire? Yeah, it's just, this expire, is expire. <laughs> or I'll even throw in takes another job. <laughs> no, I think this is like last, a better step up. He's 
the fact that I'm finding out he's 70 years old, he thinks he doesn't think he's Peter Pan, but I guess at the same time, he's also telling himself he might be Peter Pan. I don't think a 70 year old can coach for too many more years. I would say Rick Pitino is about to flame out. We're going to kind of forget about who he is um, over the next year and a half. And then, yeah, retirement after the second season. I'd say off into the sunset for Rick Pitino. You're going reti- you're going retired then or fired? Retired. You're going retired. Off into like the sunset. On his own yeah. on his own terms. Own terms, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh I would say I don't think that'll happen. I'm gonna say either expires or takes <laughs> takes another job, step up. I mean he's seventy. What's king of the dickheads? He's retiring. Is he over? He's he was older. eighty. Was he? Well, remember we figured out his birthday he was born oh, shit, on you're D-Day. Right. He's seventy-eight. And what 44. was Coach K? Oh, okay. Coach K seventy-six now. I'd say he's got a couple seasons left, and it's it's flame out action. Yeah, my my hot take is Rick Pitino sucks. <laughs> All right. Um, life's greatest mysteries. Let's get into some life's greatest mysteries. We've penciled this one in for a while. The University of Phoenix. There's a few different angles we could go at this thing. You did some research as well? Yeah. How about I take the... I can take like the the wholesome origins if you'd like. Uh, Please, yeah. If that sounds like that works in chronological order. I ended up just writing down notes and these are just all things I learned about the University of Phoenix while reading. Okay, cool. I got like... I got the whole story basically from uh, uh, from from its humble beginnings until now. So perfect, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, started by a, I think he was a San Jose State professor. Grew up as a farmer in Missouri. No one in his family had ever went to college, so he ended up going to school. Went and got his PhD at UC Berkeley, and when he was like in his fifties, he started to get like a passion for like teaching like the adult, like more of like the adult population. So, you know, mid to late twenties sort of thing, um, teaching them classes, but he wanted to kind of offer it at like an affordable rate and, you know, UC Berkeley, I don't think they're really interested in like, you know, offering discounted rates for people to, you know, take knowledge from, gather knowledge from like the smartest, uh, you know, some of the smartest people in the, in the country probably. So basically they weren't, weren't all about this. They were not all about that. He was like the head of, he was like the head of the faculty constantly going at it head to head with the administration. He finally said, F it, I'm out of here. I'm going to start a school where I can basically teach adults, um, you know, get adults degrees, um, you know, and I'm more of a, like a laid back setting or more of like a part-time sort of setting. Okay. So he wasn't even like credit credit at a time. This is started so long ago, 1976. So he wasn't even necessarily thinking online because that probably wasn't a, there's no way that was a thing at the time. So at the time, at the time, no, uh, it was all obviously um, like part-time classes at night or something. Correct. I think initial criteria was like 23 and up. Uh, initially they only had like eight people at the, uni- at the, at the university. So they tried to figure out ways where they could basically make money and get more, you know, get more people interested. So 
they eventually came up with the idea of going public. So they basically are like a, they became like a public traded company, the university itself. So all universities basically build themselves as for profit, but the university uh, or as a nonprofit, but the university of Phoenix uh, is a for-profit organization. This is one of the first things I learned was, yes, they are a for-profit university. I had to look that up. I wanted to see like who else we were cooking with. I saw DeVry University. Like there was a handful I recognized, but for profit universities. New Hampshire, directional New Hampshire too, I think. Yeah. Um there was a grand was it Grand Canyon? There was something else. There's like a couple prominent ones that are like well known. But a lot of these schools, I was like, I've never heard of these in my life. There's not a ton of them out there, for profit universities. So for context, this is a very rare thing. I did not realize they were being traded like a stock, like a publicly owned company. But Right. So anyone that owned their stocks was like, okay, I don't care how you get it, but basically we need we need li- we need liquid here. We need we need cash. <laughs> oh, okay. I see where this is going. Okay. Yeah. So it's about um, numbers, bodies. Get people so it's in about, here. So it's about bodies. Um I don't wanna I don't give up. Ever- everything away here. Is there anything you want to add? I can finish up. I basically have, I basically have the four main theories to this entire scam that you need to know. Yeah, no, keep going with those. Cause everything so, so, I have is, so the, pu- so the publicly traded is number one. So, you know, it's not what started out like a good idea. Like let's, you know, get some adults, more education um, on their time sort of thing turned into how much cash, how many people can we buy into this system? Uh, to make the the investors happy, basically. So they did, and they basically tried to save money in a few other ways as well. One of those was they skipped out on paying professors by counting group project hours in place uh, of instructional hours. So like all those times you had to like go, uh, you know, have a class with like some TA for like an hour and a half that you couldn't understand. Like that oh, just those wasn't count. a thing. Those are hours. No, so those are hours for us. For them, they could just do like a group project. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, They're just okay, yes. group yeah. project. Um, and then the the biggest. Uh, so they violated uh, something called a Higher Education Act, which is basically where the recruiters were getting paid based on how much how many students they brought in, which is you know That's... not the point of re- not the point of recruiting people to your college. You're supposed to be looking for you know qualified students that are a good fit. Okay. And number four, the catch with these students, this is the most important part to the university of Phoenix, why it all makes sense. So the recruiters were targeting people who were getting like government grants uh, to go to school, particularly people in the military. Okay. And they weren't really cut out for college. They were just kind of like, Oh, this sounds like a good idea sort of thing. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll try it. It's, risk-free essentially it's one of our 500 hundred dollar risk-free bets for them it's probably whatever i don't know 20 grand something like that <laughs> so it got so ridiculous though with these students that were enrolled that weren't graduating there was a there was a point <laughs> where it peaked that 95 percent of students were not graduating <laughs> and i thought that was insane and i was like well it still can't be like that it still is. It's 75% of people enrolled at the university don't graduate. I saw that. Three quarters. Yeah. Today. That's so today. Getting, yes. So they're basically, 
they're basically getting paid on the government's dime. Um, and they've been fined many, many times. Uh, the most <laughs> recent thing with them is just probably why it came up is they had to pay like a massive, massive fine. And then they basically everyone that had uh, loans from them, um, you know, private loans, basically they, uh, got to get those all waived uh, because it was all kind of you know very scamish. Um, yeah, so th- that like that's what three I, that's of what your I four major points there are all pretty indicative of like a pyramid scheme. Your fourth point, somehow in all my research, I never wrapped my head around that, but that makes perfect sense. They were basically like, who is the government funding to go to school, like? who can we target and get government grant money in here? Because those kids are, those kids are our biggest fuck ups and they won't pass. I'm seeing that 5% rate. That looks like it was, um, 2010. So a peak enrollment of more than 470,000 students with a revenue of $5 billion. And the online graduation rate at that time was 5%. <laughs> so, of that revenue wasn't even earning the students degrees, which is, yeah, yeah. that's mind blowing. It's kind of the opposite was, I don't know how you, how, how you were going into this, but it was the opposite for me. I thought it was more like click a few buttons, get a degree. It's actually the opposite. So I don't think it's like a strenuous degree, but most of the people enrolling are not graduating. They're they're not even they're not able to even click the buttons. Okay. They're, they're that is, ADHD. Yeah. I think I can serve as like uh kind of the the next steps to this. Like I like how you got the background on why this exists and why it was profitable. Because I focused more on like what is what are these kids actually doing and what are they walking away with? This answer is also pretty depressing. Um so let me just go through this list of, this is what I wrote, things I've learned. So the cost at this university, which we've already kind of alluded to, these are shockingly comparable to like an in-person university. So tuition's like 10 or 12K a year or something like that. Like if you try and go to school here for four years, you're going to have 40 or 50 grand in debt. And that's okay, an online- Reasonable. Inst- reasonable. Reasonable if you're- but think about you're not paying for like room and board and meals. Rel- rel- okay, 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 okay. Very true. Yeah, yeah. So it's low, but there's the reason it's low is because you're not paying for a lot of that other stuff you need to attend an on on campus uh, school. Um, I would also say this is somewhat my opinion, but I think this university has done a terrific job of kind of shooting down all the insinuations that it's a joke of a university because every single article I click on seems to be reiterating the fact that this is an accredited degree and it's a respected university. And if you come out of here, like your degree is as good as any state school. What's what I found that was actually written by people, which a lot of the times what I like to do is just type in a question and then just put the word Reddit at the end of it in my Google search. So I went to all these Reddit boards. I would say 99.9% of the feedback from people attending the school was basically I got fooled into thinking this degree would be worth something. And I'm finding out that 
I not a single employer takes this degree seriously. Like they're okay. seeing this degree on my resume. I was curious. They're seeing this degree on my resume and I'm like, that's the last straw for me. Like I'm not making it past that first interview because it's on there. They're having better luck taking the degree, the university off the resume. Because if you have this on there, you're not going to be taken seriously. Um, also, reports of the classes being a joke. I have some examples of employers weighing in on this that are involved in the hiring process. They view this degree as slightly more than a high school degree. Some people actually look at it as worse than a high school degree because if you have a degree from here, it actually implies you're a little bit silly and like prone to a pyramid scheme. So like... I don't know if I necessarily want you working for me if you're shelling out money to attend this. Uh, I found this one particular post interesting. This was a 32-year-old man. He said he had two kids. Uh, He had sent some sort of application or interest email to the university about um, going to school there. And they wrote back to him and said, "Um, sure, we'd like to get in touch with you. Can you can you make sure your parents are available at this time to discuss it with them? To which he replied, like, no, I'm 32 years old. I have a wife and kids. Why would you want my mom and dad to be on this phone call? (laughs) And instead of them being like, oh, sorry about that, they said, we think it's really important that your parents are involved in this decision with you, which is... major spot on so that's a major red flag like yeah that's a huge part of it is uh they don't want uh they want the financial backing to basically be there so exactly um, yes yeah like they couldn't get over the fact that if this guy doesn't come through for us and he's going to drop out like we're only going to milk him for one year instead of four sort of thing um (laughs) I also learned maybe, maybe parents like push them into yeah year two or three. Um, yeah, we'll pay for it. Yeah, or like embarrassed to tell your parents what's going on. They continue to fund the degree, sort of thing. Um, I also learned this is being that it's a for-profit university. This is a little bit of a throwback, but shout out to the greatest of all time, ITT Tech. If you guys remember those commercials, <laughs> ITT Tech was, was that was that legit. No, it turns out it was not. That was also a for-profit university. So ITT Tech. I would have been stunned if it wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, those ad campaigns were for real. I felt like I needed to attend that school at one point. Um, Yeah, all sorts of ongoing litigation and whatnot, but that degree is no more. Or sorry, that university is no more. I think they closed down 10 years ago or something. Dead or alive? ITT Tech? Tech, definitely dead. Um. Lastly, I learned that Larry Fitzgerald has a degree from here, and that is because he promised his mom that he would finish his undergraduate. Uh, Keep in mind, Larry Fitzgerald is also a paid spokesman for the university. A little bit of a conflict of interest going on there. Mm. And to be honest, I wish I didn't know that piece of information because I like Larry Fitzgerald a lot. This is like finding out your best friend is wrapped up in like a pyramid scheme. I feel like it's disappointing to hear that Larry Fitzgerald is a university of Phoenix guy. I don't, I don't know if you got a look at some other notable alumni, but 
you're in luck if you didn't, because I got a nice list here. You can give me a thumbs up I, or thumbs down. I did not see anyone else but Larry Fitzgerald. Okay, okay great. Well, if you want to, are you wrapping up first? Anything else to add? That's pretty much it. So yeah, so I, I do have some uh, U of P uh, alumni trivia for you here. Uh, Kurt Warner. <laughs> are you giving me yes or no's? Yes or no. Oh, shit. That's so random. I'll say yes. That's a no. I felt like he went there, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, shit. Uh, Lil Wayne. No. Yes for Lil Wayne. Kevin Durant. I'm over two. Kevin Durant's a no. He is a no. Oh. Uh, Shaq. Got nervous for a second. Oh, man. I might have saw this. I think Shaq's a yes. I think Shaq's, Shaq's a, a Phoenix yes. guy. Uh, Daniel Crenshaw, the politician with an eye patch. Eye patch. Uh, Jesus, he just seems like he would be a yes. I'll say yes. Yeah, no, I thought the same thing. He's a no. Uh, <laughs> my college my college roommate's mom. Yes. Yes, she went there. MBA <laughs> or something. Uh, lastly, Omar Easy. Omar Easy, the Penn State running back. No. Trick question. No. He, easy, yes. Uh, he, oh, okay. he was listed as one of their notable alumni. I was like, why is Omar Easy on that list? I was like, I feel like only me and Jake know who Omar Easy is, but that's why. I, I thought, thought you just threw it. out a so, random enough Penn State player nope. would fall for it. No, no, that was Daniel Crenshaw. He's trapped. Daniel Crenshaw was good, yeah. I feel like he went there as well. Um, At the end of the day, let's make final verdicts. Is the University of Phoenix legit or not? I'm all set. Yeah, no, I'm all set. It's um, it's not. It's a scam. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. And I have just sent in my first tuition check. <laughs> taking I'm taking classes right now. This is my group project, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say invest your money elsewhere. This feels very much like a, as I've said a couple times now, a pyramid scheme. I'm in agreement with the with the ruling. Yes, uh, uh, case closed. Yeah, I think we closed the case on that as well. Mystery solved. Just doing God's work over here. We uh, just pretty much confirmed what everyone else on Earth knew. Yeah, but before two days ago, when I looked it up, if you would have told me there's some legitimacy to it, and you would have tried to have an argument with me, I probably would have bowed down. I would have said, "All right." Good point. Yeah, no, hindsight is definitely twenty twenty. I think I think I agree with you, and I also never ever in a million years would have thought that ninety five percent of people don't graduate. Yes, that's that's a gi- gigantic flip in my brain because I'm sure you're like me. I thought ninety five percent of people were graduating, and I, I was thought, picturing it. I thought they were paying three thousand dollars a year to get a degree in classes they didn't really take. Okay, I thought it was like paying thirty thousand a year to to. Uh, you know, basically get a degree uh, by clicking through buttons. Like I'm picturing it like uh, when our officiant at our wedding got his like, uh, I think it's like universal life church. Oh, uh, right. So he could be the officiant. Yeah. I was, I was like, Hey, just let me know if you, (laughs) let me know if you need anything or I can help you like fill out the questionnaire. He goes, Oh man, it took uh, eight seconds. I just had to answer two things and hit yes. And they never charged me or anything. So I, I guess I'm done. <laughs> that's, that's, that was what I thought University of Phoenix was, basically. Oh, I like that. Good comparison. You might want to check the paperwork, Trav. Make sure you guys are actually married. You know, I said it out loud. I'm not, like, not 100%. You got convinced. this certificate laying around somewhere? 
Yeah, I'm not really sure. Uh, this bartender in Colorado told me that your dog can marry you out here. So I'm not, uh, Colorado's or uh, Connecticut's probably not, um, you know, that easy peasy, but I uh, got to think we could probably get it fixed pretty quickly if we okay. need to. Yeah. Do you think she was half serious about that? Cause now I'm kind of curious. The bartender? Uh, no. Yeah. He was dead serious. He said that, um, you just need a signature and they actually just, uh, dip their, um, dog's paw in, uh, ink and just slapped it on there. This guy did it. He did it. Yeah. He oh did. my God. Okay. I thought this was a complete joke. No, this guy actually had his dog marry him. Yes. I did Google it. It does say you can. Your dog can marry you in Colorado. Okay. Anybody can your be dog can marry you. Any living thing. Marry you in Colorado and the uh, psychedelic mushrooms passed, correct? <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. Uh, Narrow margin, I believe. Yeah, it was tighter than you would think. Yeah. All right, good stuff. That's a that's a good note to end on, I think. So University of Phoenix, basically same thing as your dog marrying you in <laughs> correct in Colorado. Colorado, okay. yes. Yeah. All right, nice. Um any final thoughts, Trav? I got a I guess two quick things. Uh I got a dead or alive. Uh Willis Reed, he's the guy on the Knicks. I think he was the guy that had to cover either Wilter. I think he was the guy that would was designated to cover Wilt Chamberlain. Um, oh, when he gave up a hundred? No, no he he was like the only he was like the Knicks' only tall person, you know, because like Wilt could dominate because like he was the only tall guy. So uh, the Knicks had like maybe the only other tall guy that could cover him, and uh, he was famous for basically shutting down Wilt Chamberlain. Oh, I don't know if the Knicks down. won the title. I don't know if the Knicks won the title or what, but he was uh, basically he's he's famous because uh, I think he was the initial like got hurt guy, and then um, they weren't sure if he was going to play, and then he came out of the locker room, and there that was like the big like here comes Willis Reed, Paul Pierce. Uh, you okay. you familiar with this guy at all? No, it's not ringing any bells, but I would gravitate towards. I'm going to put him wherever Wilt Chamberlain is, and Wilt Chamberlain is definitely dead. So I'll say. Uh, Willis is dead as well. Yeah, so Willis Reed just died on Tuesday, so rest in peace. Oh, geez. I don't think we do those on <laughs> do those on this show. Recent death. Damn. Moving moving on. Uh XFL here. Uh, not a good week for me last week. Um I think they either need to take like a two week bye uh during the tournament or they gotta do something different. Started after the tournament. Uh viewership at a record low last week. Uh myself included, did not really tune in. Uh, went over two, so maybe a good week uh, not to watch uh, this week. Um, so the re- <laughs> the record's currently five hundred. Makes me wonder what we're doing this for. That's all good. Um, <laughs> Free entertainment, the- Travi. Let's let's pull up the games this week. Uh, I saw that the Roughnecks are playing uh, our Defenders. Uh, they knocked off the Defenders. Knocked off the Battlehawks last week. Um, <laughs> defenders are good. I'm glad. I'm glad that's our who our future's on, man. So. Um, I'll probably take them to win outright. Uh, they're two and a half point favorite. Two and, and a half. They're I'll... begging for us to take defenders. And then That's Seattle. Monday night. That's nice. Seattle, Orlando. I keep taking these Seattle overs. They keep losing. Uh, for some reason, uh, Ron Zook is just absolutely dialing a D for Seattle these past couple of weeks. So I'm going to take, uh, I'm going to take Seattle to cover against, uh, Orlando though. It looks like 
Orlando randomly can score some points, but not against Ron Zucks D and Seattle should score enough points to cover eight and a half. So I'll take Seattle to cover eight and a half and DC to cover two and a half. Oh, they have a Monday night game this weekend. DC, gang, yeah. If you're listening to this, um, in an, an early game on Saturday, um, maybe they're trying to beat the uh, elite eight that day. Yeah. So, like yeah. the Saturday 1 PM. Like if there's a game I'm going to watch, that's yeah. it. It's the it's Seattle Orlando. Yeah, so, you so can I'll jump in with that. You. Yeah, Seattle minus eight and a half we're going to take. And then, yeah, Monday night we're going to take DC minus two and a half. That's two winners. Let's hope we can get back on track here because uh, 500 is not going to cut it. No. Um, and I will just add, I'm looking at these totals. They've looked like they've finally made their way into the 40s with the exception of San Antonio Arlington. I'm seeing a 32 and a half. So. Not, not much scoring for Bob Stoops. No. Um, and San Antonio, is that who they're playing? Yeah. They're playing uh, Arlington versus San Antonio. Wait, I'm Brahmas. very confused because, wait, I'm very confused because this looks like they played each other last week as well. Maybe they're running it back. I, I don't know how to tell you this, but it does look like they're running it back. I'm very confused. <laughs> I think the XFL's in jeopardy, dude. All-time low viewership, you said. Now they're just running back rematches. They're running it back, and the score last week was 12 to 10. So <laughs> Take the under 32. Yeah, I guess if there's an under to take, that would be the one. But uh, maybe they also figured out each other's Ds in the meantime. So, uh, I don't know, 32, that's pretty low, 32 and a half. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do what you want with that. They're running it back, though. Very confused. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have... And I have one bet for you this weekend, Trav. This is it's a UFC bet. It's a UFC bet. This hey, is possibly you. You finally hit one. Uh, <laughs> your guy Edwards, what's his name? Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards won. Yep. Yep. I plus was going to text you. Just, dog. Please, please don't do it. And uh, yeah, plus two hundred dog. I, I don't want to know how much you had riding on it. I bet you it was more more than you'd like to admit. And it probably felt pretty good to hit one of those. Yeah, it did. Um, I lost the fight before that, but thankfully I was in twice as heavy on the Edwards fight, so I did pretty well. Um, <laughs> Thank God. But this weekend, uh, there's only one fight I care about. We've got Corey Sandhagen. I believe he's a Colorado guy, Trav. This should be your guy. He's he's fighting Marlon Vera, a couple of 135-pounders. Uh, I don't understand this line. I thought Corey Sandhagen would be like minus 500. I like this guy a lot. He's minus one seventy. This is worth. This is probably like a three or four unit play. Um, I don't see a world where this guy gets his lights put out. He's tall. He's long. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's pretty simple. Don't overthink this one. Take the minus one seventy favorite. Here's a stupid question: Do they actually offer? I mean, there is points scored in these fights. So, can you actually take a fight minus two and a half or something like that? Yes, you can. Yes. So in theory, I would assume that's got to be a five round fight this weekend for those guys. It definitely is. So in theory, yeah, there's, you know, someone could win 50 to 45. There are offshore books, which will allow you to take exactly what you're saying. Like Sandhagen minus one and a half or something like okay. that. Okay. Cause that's gotta be, I was just gonna, I was just throwing that out there because 
to me, that's got to be pretty close to even odds, right? But the problem is, what if he knocks him out? Then um, I or think it just out. I think it just voids the bet. Okay, okay. Although I don't know because if you take the guy who loses, he's on the wrong end of the knockout, and you had him to hang in there with the points, you would have to lose your bet. Correct, and I, they probably push it if you're on the right side. That's <laughs> yeah. what my gut would say. Yeah, I think, I'd be I think a little bit worried about that. I think, particularly if your bet is placed on Bovada. Yes, particularly if it's offshore like that. And I would just add, the most confused I've ever been in my life was when I took an over two and a half, and I was watching a fight, and the third round started, and I was like fist pumping, like, oh, cash that one guy got knocked out within like the first minute of the third round and i realized i lost over two and a half because it didn't make it to the two minute and 30 second mark of the third round that's that's wild yeah so the first time that probably figured that out the hard way yeah (laughs) yeah um so that's my ufc uh fight play san antonio texas this weekend uh cory sanhagen and we we have no we have no hot takes on college basketball with the exception of Alabama's going to make it to the championship game. Yeah, if that's a hot take. Take the plus 330 now. Yeah, if that's a hot take, take that. Throw 20 bucks on that, and then, you know, you can... uh, Hedge it later if you want. Cash it out for 40 bucks when the championship game tips. Yeah. Just remember, we're giving you these these, uh, free bets, you know, literally for free. So, um, you know, I don't know, Venmo us or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hotline hit the hotline hit the hotline up uh quiet week on the hotline front <laughs> shit <laughs> text us your winners text us uh whether you like cam newton or not uh you can text us text us whatever um yeah just get after us why you should be on the pod uh, somebody yeah. get after that hotline for god's sakes that thing's begging to be hit uh we yeah, did get a missed god- call last night at 3 a.m so not sure what that's oh. about Oh, wow. That's great. Um, for what it's worth, uh, can you please close the pod with the first voicemail that is left on the hotline? Oh yeah. Wasn't I going to play that one of these weeks? Oh yeah. You did tell me to remind you about something. Yeah. Should we wrap it up with that? Let me pull that sucker open. So that's episode 29 in the books. Let's, uh, 28, 28 in the Marshall Falk, Marshall Falk. Let's, let's, uh, Let's all go out with uh, one of our favorite guests leaving a voicemail to us back in the day. Well, I'll be. This thing actually works. I was calling, and I got a dead or alive for you guys. Dead or alive. The Talking Trash podcast. Now, I know it's a brain buster. I'll save you the time. It's dead. That's dead. D-E-A, dead. I keep waiting for another Rodney podcast. That Rodney had me in stitches. But all I keep getting is this Trav boy. That boy doesn't know whether to scratch his watch or check his ass. Hashtag Rod Squad.